You're listening to Julie's Library, where books bring us together. Today we're going to read Vincent Comes Home, written and illustrated by Jessica Bagley and Erin Bagley, and Ketzel, the Cat Who Composed, by Leslie Newman, illustrated by Amy June Bates. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Julie Andrews, and this is my library. As always, my daughter, Emma Walton Hamilton, is here. Hello. We can't wait to read with you today. Let's see. Uh, L-M-N-O. Ah, there we are. P. This book goes under P for penguins. Hey, Mom, how's reshelving the books going? Oh, great. I've put away half this huge pile and, um... Hey, Mom. Hey, Granny. Hey, Hopi. Hi, Hope. You brought Button. Yeah, well, I was busy with schoolwork when Button came over and insisted on a walk. I guess she knew I needed a break. Oh, of course. Button is an expert at encouraging people to take breaks. That's one of the things I love about her. Me too. We should make her the official head of rest and relaxation at the library. (laughs) She'd do a brilliant job. I love that. We asked some of our listeners to tell us what they love about their pets, or the ones they'd like to have, and here's what they had to say. I have a dog, and his name is Frankie, and his favorite job is playing with me. I don't have a pet yet, but I always wanted a bite, and her name would be Snow White, and she would be super cuddly. My pet is named Elliot, and he's a golden doodle, and sometimes he's kind of cranky. (laughs) What animal always cuddles with you on your bed? Haggard the cat? Mm-hmm. Is he a cuddler? Yes! I have two dwarf rabbits. One of them is called Valkyrie. The other one is called Mochi. And if you didn't know, Mochi is a type of Japanese food. My pet's name is Buggy. He's a big fish. And my teacher, Miss Santella, gave him to me on my brother's graduation day. All those pets sound amazing. If you want to tell us about your pet or the pet you hope to have someday, just go to julieslibraryshow.org and send us a message. Or you can send us a drawing of your pet in action. In the meantime, why don't we all follow Button's lead and take a break with some books? What do you say, Button? (laughs) Okay, then. See you in the reading nook. Here in my library, my favorite spot to cozy up with the story is our reading nook. Cozy pillows all around. A glowing lamp shines its light on the pages. There's a squishy rug under our feet. And a furry friend laying next to our chair. Yes. Now, let's begin our first story. Uh, Hope, would you do the honors today? I'd love to, Granny. Vincent Comes Home by Jessica Bagley and Aaron Bagley. Vincent the cat lived on a cargo ship. His paws had never touched land. 
Ship life was good. Fresh fish whenever he wanted, seagulls to chase all day long, and the night stars that charted the ship's course were the most beautiful sight he could imagine. Vincent went about as he pleased. No one seemed to notice him much. His ship, the Domus, carried goods from one port to another. They'd load up with chocolate from Zanzibar and deliver it to Norway. Oranges from Florida ended up in Iceland. Always coming and going, never staying. Vincent loved traveling to exciting new places, each one different from the last. But he could only enjoy them from a distance, because he never left the ship. The captain collected souvenirs from each port they stopped at and displayed them in his cabin, Vincent's favorite place on the ship. They seemed to have visited every place imaginable. Every place except one. Even though we're far away, it's nice to know that home is always there, said the second mate. I can't wait to get home, said the first mate. The most exotic food in the world can't compare to a home-cooked meal, said the cook. Whenever I go home, I never want to leave. Where is this home place, thought Vincent. He didn't know what home was. A place you never want to leave? It sounds wonderful. Better than any place we've visited. I'd like to go to home one day. The next day, the ship pulled into another fine city. All hands on deck, prepare to drop anchor. Vincent heard the first mate shout, we're home. The rest of the crew cheered. This is it, we've made it to home, thought Vincent. I can't wait to see it. Home must be the best place in the whole world. The ship docked and Vincent raced to the ship's railing and peered over the edge. This city doesn't look so different. Why is home so special? Just then, he saw one of the crew walking down the street with his duffel bag. I should follow him. Then I'm sure to see why home is so wonderful, thought Vincent. And for the first time, Vincent, the ship cat, left the ship. He followed the crewman for a while until he got to a building. As the crewman opened the door, a bunch of people yelled, Welcome home! Vincent watched as all the people hugged and kissed the crewman. This is home? thought Vincent. I thought home was some amazing new city. He watched through the window for a long time as they ate and laughed and talked together. They all looked so happy. He left and walked around for a long time. He looked in a lot of windows and saw similar scenes. And one thing was the same in all the windows. Home isn't just a place, he thought. Home is where the people who love you are. Well, I guess I don't have a home.
Vincent padded around and looked up at the quiet night sky. At least the stars would always be there. Just then, he heard a familiar sound. There you are, my boy. I've been looking all over for you. You've never left the ship before, said the captain. The captain scooped him up and scratched him under his chin and rubbed his belly. Let's go home. The End What a sweet ending. Don't you just melt when Vincent realizes he does have a home after all? I know. It's a good reminder that there are lots of different kinds of homes. For the crew, it was a house in a city, but for Vincent, it was his ship. Right. It's not the place, it's the people and the pets that make a home. Well said, Mom. And I'm sure Button agrees. Yes. Oh. (laughs) Our next book is also about a cat finding a home and eventually becoming a world-famous musician. A musical cat? Yes, please. We'll hear that tale in just a moment. We want to share with you a new podcast that we think you'll like. It's called The 10 News. The 10 News keeps young people informed with news stories from around the world to your backyard. Hear about current events, the arts, fascinating facts, and special guests like Julie Andrews. That's right. Julie Andrews, her daughter Emma, and her granddaughter Hope are all appearing on the new episode of The 10 News. Listen to The 10 News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Our next book is a true story about a man, a cat, and a piano. Three fairly ordinary subjects, but put them together and magic happens. Let's dive into... Quetzal, the Cat Who Composed, by Leslie Newman. Moshe Kotel lived in the middle of a noisy building in the middle of a noisy street in the middle of a noisy city. But Moshe didn't mind. Everything he heard was music to his ears. Moshe was a composer. Every morning he composed himself by sitting very still. He listened outside himself and listened inside himself, just as his teacher had taught him when he was a little boy. When he was done listening, Moshe turned all the wonderful sounds he heard into beautiful music. When Moshe was finished working for the day, he went out for an afternoon walk to listen to the sounds of the city. One particular day, he turned a corner 
and heard a sound he had never heard on the street before. It was a small sound. It was a sad sound. It was a little Quetzal, Moshe cried. He often used Yiddish words when he was nervous or excited. Come, little Quetzal, he said, scooping up the black and white kitten. I will take you home, and we will make beautiful music together. The next morning, Moshe moved a stack of music books off the top of the piano and set Quetzal down. You must listen outside yourself and inside yourself, he instructed as he began to play. Quetzal kept very still. The music started off softly and slowly, but then it grew louder and faster, reminding Quetzal of crowds of people rushing by her, almost trampling her, and she meowed in fright. Moshe stopped playing, picked up little Quetzal and looked into her big green eyes. Ah, Quetzal, I see that music stirs your soul, he said, and that is a wonderful thing. One day, a letter for Moshe arrived in the mail. The Paris New Music Review is having a contest, Moshe read aloud to Quetzal. Each composition must be no longer than 60 seconds. Moshe blinked in disbelief. 60 seconds? Impossible! How can anyone create a beautiful composition in only 60 seconds, he asked Quetzal, and put the letter aside. The next day, when Moshe sat down to play, his fingers fumbled over the keys. He kept glancing at the letter from the Paris New Music Review. Finally, he decided to give it a try. He wrote a few notes and then a few more and then a few more. Before he knew it, his composition was ten minutes long. Impossible, Moshe said. Time passed and Moshe grew more and more unhappy. One day he did not even come to the piano at all. Quetzal stared at him as he stared out the window. Quetzal didn't know if he was listening outside himself or listening inside himself. Perhaps he was not listening at all. Moshe looked at the letter announcing the contest again, and Quetzal looked at it too. She knew it was the source of all Moshe's unhappiness. Maybe if she got rid of it, Moshe would be happy again. She put one six-toed paw down on the keyboard, crept across the keys, then pushed off the piano with all four paws and landed on the table where the letter lay. Moshe whipped around. Quetzal, that was magnificent, he cried. Moshe grabbed a pencil and jotted down exactly what he'd heard. 
He played it several times, then turned to Ketzel. Your composition has a clear beginning, middle, and end, is full of heart, and takes exactly 21 seconds to play. Ketzel, you're a genius! Moshe folded up Ketzel's composition and wrote a note to the judges. This piano solo, piece for piano, for pause, was written by Ketzel Kotel. It is her first composition. She hopes you enjoy it. Then he and Ketzel walked to the corner and dropped it in the mail. Time passed and Moshe and Ketzel forgot all about the contest. Then, one day, another letter arrived. Dear Ketzel Kotel, we are sorry to inform you that your piano solo did not win first, second, or third place in our competition. However, the judges admired your creative instinct and imagination and have decided to award you a certificate of special mention. Congratulations. Ketzel, you did it, Moshe cried. He lifted Ketzel in the air, and the two composers danced a jig of joy all around the room. A few weeks later, Moshe brushed Ketzel's fur until it shone and put on his very best suit. Then they hailed a taxi and rode to the concert hall where Ketzel's piano solo was having its debut. Moshe carried Ketzel inside his jacket and sat down in the very last row. When the concert hall darkened, he placed Ketzel on his lap. The music began... Whole hours went by. Finally, a young girl crossed the stage. I will now play Piece for Piano, Four Paws by Ketzel... The girl paused, then began again. <clears throat> I will now play Piece for Piano, Four Paws by Ketzel. <coughs> Ketzel mewled again at the sound of her name. As the audience laughed, the house manager flicked on the lights and rushed to the stage. Is there a cat in the theater, he demanded. That is not allowed. Please leave immediately. But this is Ketzel Kotel, the cat who composed Piece for Piano, Four Paws, Moshe said, holding up Ketzel for all to see. A cat who composes? Ridiculous, ludicrous, preposterous, impossible. The judges were called to the stage to confer. There is no rule saying that a cat cannot compose, the head judge announced. Therefore, we invite Ketzel, he paused as she meowed again, <laughs> to please stay as we all enjoy her prize-winning composition. 
the young pianist took her place. With arms stiff and hands held straight over the keys, she leaned forward, pausing for a minute, like a cat getting ready to pounce. Then she played Ketzel's piece. The girl played Ketzel's composition again, and when she was done, Moshe brought Ketzel up onto the stage so that the composer and musician could each take a bow. After the concert, Ketzel became very famous. Her picture appeared in many newspapers, and her composition was performed all over the world. And one day, another envelope addressed to Ketzel Kotel arrived. It contained a royalty check for $19.72. At the bank, a teller pulled out a stamp pad and Ketzel pressed her front paw into the ink and then placed it on the back of the check, endorsing it with her six-toed signature. The bank teller counted out Ketzel's money. It bought Ketzel many cans of cat food, which she thoroughly enjoyed. The end. Now that is just an amazing collaboration, and it's a true story. Imagine how cool it would be to see Ketzel in concert. A Ketzel world tour! <laughs> you know, I really loved how Moshe began his work by listening outside himself and inside himself. Yes, I guess he took inspiration from the sounds he heard outside and then went inside himself to find a way to turn it into music. It's a lovely way to describe the creative process. Oh, it sounds like we've got another message. Well, let's see who called. Hi, Julie. Hi, Emma. My name's Trudy Kumar. I'm a composer and I actually played the premiere of Peace for Piano Four Paws when I was 10. This was so exciting for me because I wanted to write music too. So when this composer, Morris Cattell, came to me and asked me to play this piece by his cat, I was honored to even get to do a premiere. He asked me to perform it like I wasn't a human because it wasn't by a human, it was by a cat. So I really had to practice not just the music, but the way that I acted. I had to really focus on my body and make sure that my shoulders were kind of poised like a cat and it looked like I was ready to pounce on someone when I was gonna play. And I had to really bring my hands into pause. And so when I did that, actually the piece became a lot easier and more intuitive to play just because my fingers did what the cat would do. When we're making art, there are no rules, and I don't think we have to use instruments the way that we're always taught to use them, and I don't think that we always have to tell stories the way that we've been told to tell them. 
I'm so lucky that I got to do this when I was so young because it gave me an eternally open mind to the way that stories could be told and music could be played. Bye. Thanks for having me. What an honor to play such a unique piece. It would have been so cool to be there when it was first performed. I bet it was wonderful. I'm sure it was. And speaking of wonderful, it's time for... Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful words. Every week we share words that delight us, and we ask you to share some too. My pick this week is Quetzal. It's the Yiddish word for kitten. There are all sorts of wonderful Yiddish words that have become common in English, like um, klutz and bagel. A word from Quetzal's story that I love is compose. There are several ways to use the word, but there are two used in the book. Moshe composed himself before he started work, meaning he calmed and settled himself. And then he composed his music, meaning he created it. Both stories today made me think of the word companion. It sounds a little like comfortable, which is what it feels like when you have a companion for a pet, like Quetzal or Vincent the ship's cat. Or, button, yes, button, we didn't forget about you. (laughs) Here are some of the wonderful words that our listeners shared with us. My favorite word is jelly belly because it's my favorite food. Mousy because I've got a cuddly toy one. Expanding or expand. It means that something goes out, like in all directions. For example, the Big Bang, which created our universe, is expanding very quickly. Why? Because it's a little bit curious and it's fun to say. We always love hearing your wonderful words, so please keep sharing them. Visit julieslibraryshow.org and send us a message. Every week, we'll play some of your words on the show. Thanks so much for taking this break with us. Now, Button and I are off for another walk. Oh, how lovely. Well, we'll be back next week with another fantastic story that we picked out just for you. Till then, happy reading. Bye-bye, everyone. Julie's Library is hosted and produced by Julie Andrews and me, Emma Walton-Hamilton. The featured books in this episode were Vincent Comes Home, written and illustrated by Jessica Bagley and Aaron Bagley from Roaring Brook Press, and Quetzal, the Cat Who Composed, by Leslie Newman, illustrated by Amy June Bates from Candlewick Press. Thanks to the teams at Roaring Brook and Candlewick. We always recommend picking the books up for yourself. You can find Vincent Comes Home and Quetzal, the Cat Who Composed, at your local library or bookstore. The illustrations are a must-see. For more book recommendations, head to julieslibraryshow.org. Sign up for our newsletter and you'll receive special activities and notes from Mom and me. Julie's Library is produced by Molly Bloom, Elissa Dudley, Rosie DuPont, Tracy Mumford, Mark Sanchez, and Sandon Totten. Our executive producer is Lauren D. Digital production is by Christina Lopez, and original music is from Allison Leighton Brown. Engineering is by Sam Hamilton, and sound mixing is by Corey Schreppel and Eric Romani. Special thanks to Lily Kim. 
We always love hearing from our listeners. Today, you heard from Frankie from Cleveland, Ohio, Serafina from Vernon, Connecticut, Eva from Pennsylvania, Oliver from Memphis, Tennessee, James from Chandler, Arizona, Ben from the Netherlands, Lila from Toronto, Canada, Basil from San Mateo, California, Davis from Washington, D.C., and Lulu from Minneapolis. Julie's Library is a production of American Public Media. Hey, listeners. Our friends at Smash Boom Best are back with 16 brand new episodes. Smash Boom Best is a debate podcast for the whole family. Each episode takes two cool things, smashes them together, and asks you to decide which one is best. Like vampires versus werewolves, ice cream versus french fries, pandas versus penguins. Using facts and the power of persuasion, debaters teach real skills about constructive debate and making sound arguments. Listen to Smash Boom Best wherever you listen to podcasts.